Hello, 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 wonderful people of the world. Welcome to the Happy Conversation Idea Show, where you can witness thoughts, ideas, and story of the happiest people for everyone. I'm your host, Happy Benz here, and today we have a very special guest on the Women's International Women's Day, Beverly Berman King. And I would like to share her profound experience and accomplishments now. It goes something like this. For over 20 years, Beverly has used her SOS principles with people and organization who want to control their reaction to stress. Yes, stress. We will be talking a lot about stress today. And the cures, for sure. Building resilience against the life's challenges and live healthy, successful life. Since 1995, she has spreadheaded her own company called Work Smart, Live Smart and has helped teams of, from a wide range of industry, including healthcare, education, government agencies, finance, and nonprofit shift from stressed out to resilient, enabling them to be more engaged, productive, and healthy. Beverly psychology, sociology, management, and adult education background combined to the create presentation, which are soundly based in research and are enlightening and inspiring. Audience discovers the right strategy to move, improve their health, manage, and manage their challenges, and enhance their life's satisfaction using three simple caution. Also, Beverly is an author. We will learn more about that too during the show. And, and a sought after media spokesman, spokesperson, sorry, who has made over 500 television and radio appearances on shows such as Breakfast Television and CFRB and in national publication from Toronto Star to Shetley. She is a highly respected speaker. I know that for sure. And is one of uh, less than 700 Canadians to have earned their certified speaking professional designation. We welcome dear Beverly. Awesome. Thank you for that introduction. And I am going to make one little correction because some of my colleagues may be listening. It's one out of 70. So it is a designation. Oh. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, uh, I am very proud of that designation through our, our Speakers Association. Here is my humble salute to you. <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful and honor and privilege to see you here. And without wasting time, we will love, we, we, I know I'm so excited. The audience are excited. So we'll jump into the one of my favorite questions is first, please tell us about your childhood struggles and adversity and how you remain humble and happy while progressing towards success. Well, first, I had no adversities whatsoever. <laughs> oh, wonderful. That's good. So we're going to learn a lot from that. Not, yeah, no. Uh, um, I, you gave me that question and I had to really think about this because I've had a couple things that really stood out for me. And, you know, the first one was when I was two, I was, I, I, so I grew up on a farm and a, a, our dog is actually a, a working dog. When you're on a farm, especially a dairy farm, it's not necessarily a pet. And yes. at the age of two, I was attacked by that dog and almost lost my eyesight and oh, no. had plastic surgeries and all the way through that. But I would say, you know, um, for me, it happened so early. I'm not sure what the lessons that I learned from that are yet. I'm still probably kind of trying to figure that one out. But when I was a preteen, uh, our barn burnt. And so we lost absolutely everything in that fire. And 
I, I tell this story in my presentations. One of the biggest lessons that I learned out of all of that was that community matters. Wow. And so I don't necessarily remember the barn burning. What I do remember is all of the people. There were neighbors, aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, um, all of these people that came to help my parents um, during the fire, after the fire, they brought food, there was community, um, you know, dances, there was uh, Mennonite groups that came to help rebuild everything. And so for me, you know, part of happiness is our social connectedness. And when you go through tragedy, when you go through trauma, when you go through experiences like that, it's the people around you that can help pull you through those that adversity to come out on the other side. Agree. And, and so for me, that's that has stuck with me. So when I look at my happiness factor, it really revolves around other people. It, it's about the experiences that I have with them. Wonderful. That's that's incredible. And I'm, you're one of my very special guests that um, which have very less adversity, but then have a very remarkable story to tell about the dog attacked you and all. Well, uh, and you are here. Well, please tell us about how to define life purpose without being stressed. Hmm. You know, I think we we put a lot of we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. I think, right, especially during these, probably I'd say the last couple of decades, where you have to be working on purpose and you should find your passion. and And I think we put so much pressure on that to to discover what that is. And I think it happens. You have to grow into it. Um, you know, when you're twenty something, you're not necessarily going to know what your passion or your purpose is. And it, it takes those experiences, it takes those um, challenges and changes and, you know, working in, in situations that are not very, you know, pleasant or not very rewarding to come up with whatever that purpose is. And, and so for me, you know, it was about, um, you know, I'd worked in mental health and I'd worked in, in training and stuff, but it wasn't until I actually started doing presentations around stress management and finding you know, ways of building your resiliency that that was my purpose. Prior to that, I would have huge anxiety at talking in front of people and, and I, I have a social phobia. So if you take me outside of things that I'm not passionate about, um, my anxiety goes through the roof. But topics like this, this is what I know. This is what this is the value that I bring to people. So what I tell people is you'll find it just you know give yourself some time to get there um, and just be open to whatever that may look like because if i looked at where i was in high school and university i hated public speaking i hated being in front of an audience and if you said that would become my life's work i would have first of all i would have been petrified um how could i get past where i am to where i was i wouldn't have been able to see the path and so you may not see how you're going to get there allow it to kind of um, unfold for yourself now that's wonderful. Yeah, in my parents were also in childhood. They used to say, "You happy? You talk too much." <laughs> but I did. I, I didn't know. Maybe I used to cut off people, and that's not a good manners. But then I learned from that. You know what? That's my greatest gift. If I am good in talking and speaking, and why don't I pursue my career in that? And lately, I, I was drifting a lot. I drifted a lot, and I didn't find my purpose till in early. So, well, it's the same thing with me. Okay, so. Often, often the stress gets expressed as depression, sometimes physical symptoms such as uh, like migraines or heart disease are predominant. So what works and what doesn't when it comes to diffusing the stress? Oh, that is such a huge question. Um, <laughs> so what, um, 
stress can absolutely manifest itself in so many different ways. Like you said, from the physical, um, you know, upset stomach, you know, uh, neck, shoulder pain, headaches, uh, uh, clenching and grinding your teeth, all of that stuff. Uh, mental, we get, uh, we lose our focus. We're pessimistic. We don't relate to other people in the same way. We don't problem solve in the same way. It can affect our mood, our emotions. We become more, we can get more angry. We can get more sad, you know, it's in so many different ways. What I tell people though, when it comes to strategies is that there are so many out there that if something's not working, you need to just keep looking for other strategies. So I use what I call the SOS principle. Yes. And, yeah. and so you had mentioned those three questions. So SOS stands for situation, ourself, and support. Wonderful. And Wonderful. any tool, any kind of stress management, any kind of uh, way of taking care of yourself falls into one of those three buckets. And you have to have strategies in each of those three buckets in order to do the best that you can. And so the first S is situation. What are you going to do about it? How can you problem solve whatever's causing your stress? True. The O is how do I take care of myself? How do I give myself a break? But also, how do I make sure that I'm taking care of my body and my, my mind? So am I eating right, sleeping right? Am I exercising? Some True. of the very basic kinds of things. And then the last S stands for support. True. Who do I talk to? Who do I vent to? Who do I connect yeah. with? Yeah. And yeah. so when you're in a stressful situation, it's making sure that you have strategies in all three of those. What am I going to do about it? How am I going to take care of myself? Who's there to support me? Oh, that's wonderful. I really admire this SOS. And I hope all the audience and people will be practicing that and they can learn from your website and other sites too. Now, as, as we mentioned in our, um, in your, um, profound and uh, summary that you usually deal with the organization and also the next question is what are the root causes of for the stress for employee at the workplace and how to cure them because employee most of them in Canada like we are most probably more than 50% people are as an employee so what are the root cause for the employee and how, how we can cure them um, so I would say if I had to break it down to kind of the top ones high demand low control high effort low reward. And wow. so whenever anybody's working in a situation where there's high demand plus low control, you're going to see situations of high stress. If you're working in a situation where there's high effort and low reward, it's also going to lead to high stress. It was interesting at the beginning of this pandemic, though, um, high effort, low reward. What we saw was high effort, but we also saw high reward. You know, there was a lot of appreciation. There was a lot of respect for people. There was a lot of patience, a lot of tolerance. There were commercials thanking people. Um, but what we're seeing now is that people's patience, their tolerance, uh, the, uh, the appreciation has gone back down. So at the beginning of the pandemic, actually stress levels were not as high as what we would expect. Now, as we're wearing out, as the, the appreciation goes down, we're back in that situation of high effort, low reward, equaling high stress. Wow. Now we talked about the employee, but it's on the reciprocal, the other side of the coin is, so what can you share us with, what are the root causes for the stress for the self-employer or, or the bosses and how to cure them now, because it's a two way. Yeah, you know what? It's just, mm -hmm. yeah. I was going to say it's the same thing. So if you're in a situation where you are uh, again as an employer or as the uh, the boss, uh, um, we often go into business for ourselves or or we want to lead because we want to have more control. But what I find with many um, self-employed or entrepreneurs is that they give away that control. 
You know, they give away the control over their schedule. They, you know, they're so busy trying to hustle to make things work that that free time that they wanted or that control that they wanted has gone out the door. So I, I go back to high demand, low control, high effort, low reward. Go back to why are you doing this? And can you can you adjust it in some way so that you bring that that um, happiness factor, that control factor, those things back into the, the, the world that you're working in? So true. Now, the employee and employer, when after working eight or 10 hours, they go back home, but they're all already into relationship. The next question is related to that is, what is the main cause of stress and the negativity between unhealthy man and woman's relationship? Oh, absolutely. Anytime that there is relationship conflict, you're going to add to that stress load. So, you know, when we look at families, when we look at couples, when we look at, um, you know, people dealing even in their community, it's when we don't know how to communicate, when we can't share, share our ideas in a way that allows that other person to hear them, when we don't feel respected, um, you know, when we don't have that, that appreciation. So whenever there's that kind of, um, headbutting or different ways of looking at things or different ideas about what's important that's going to impact the relationship that's going to add more conflict that's going to add then to that stress level i agree strongly agree because after working we go back home and we we take all the stress or maybe the anger and frustration to our beloved one and that's not healthy too well that's very well what you said now as it is we all know tomorrow is the international woman day i have a few questions regarding to a woman so here's the thing Every girl and woman has the right to fulfill her potential, but why it is so hard for them in the modern world? Oh, again, these are huge questions. Um, <laughs> let's, there's, I mean, there can be a, a ton of barriers, and I'm going to start with some of them being our self barriers. Okay. You know, maybe we didn't have the right models to see that we could achieve much more than what we thought we could. And okay. so if the models weren't there that said, hey, anything is possible, then you're going to put those self limits on your, you know, for yourself. Um, it may be that you've picked a career that isn't necessarily, it may be something that you absolutely love, but there's, again, um, it may be if it's male dominated or it's, it's not a traditional, then again, it's harder to get your ideas um, through if you don't know how to speak the language of that work world. Right. And yeah. so if there's differences in those, in the way that that happens. So I think, you know, it, anything can be possible. You, you just have to figure out how to make it work within those circumstances. And so I think, you know, learning how to communicate to other people, learning how to get your ideas across, uh, learning that, you know, you can't have it all, all at the same time. And I think that's a big thing. We can have it all. We just may not be able to have it all at the same time. And so it's, what are your priorities right now? And that can change from moment to moment. It can change from day to day, month to month. And so making sure that you are really clear on how you, what your priorities are so that you can make the right decisions at the right time. Now, that's very wonderful. You said my next question is, I hope that you're going to bear with me with that question. But this is next question is regarding to the statistics from the UNICEF. I got it. Globally, around 21% of young women were married before the 18th birthday and 12 million girls under 18 years are married each year. What do you think about this stress situation and the reason behind it? Wow, these are tough questions. Um, well, it's International Women's Day and we, we got is. all the, <laughs> we need to bring the best answer from you. We got very limited time. So I thought we will get your intelligence and your wise wisdom will be very appreciated. Yeah, there's a huge difference between choosing to get married 
and being forced to get married. Yeah. And being forced can be because of cultural norms or family dictating it or, um, you know, even government um, kind of interference. And so I, what I would hope is that we can move to a place where if people want to get married early and young, that that's a choice and that's a choice that's not being um, impeded by other um, pressures, outside cultural pressures. Um, but what I also hope is that we can move where, where people don't feel like they have to put those limits, limits. just because somebody is a girl. Just because somebody is female, just because yeah. somebody is seen as lesser than. I agree. Yeah, that's profound. Now, it's all, all again, all it's International Women's Day. So can you tell me, being a woman now, what are the most important rights that world should not take away from any woman and how women can thrive? Yeah, it, be, you know, being able to have choice, being able to. Um, be educated to be able to make those choices, being able to dream um, and dream bigger than and make the world a better place because you can have those dreams. I think, you know, we if you get pigeonholed, then you lose the power. And if you're if you if you make a choice, even if it's a choice to to be um, in something that's more traditional, that's OK, as long as it's your choice and it's based on the the. Um, the education or the uh, the circumstances around you. So I think you know, not taking away education, not taking away choice, not you know, helping young women, um, all women, to learn how to communicate, to bring their voice forward, to be strong enough to say it's okay to have a difference of opinion. Um, I think those are some things that are really important. important. And I also personally believe that youth and woman empowerment should be not a goal or purpose or some kind of thing. It should, it's, it's a moral duty of each individual to do that. I believe personally for that. Yeah, yeah it it's should just duty. be. It shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't be, you know, we, I, we should need to be, able, I, I hope we get to the point where there's not a campaign around it. I yeah, hope it yeah. just is. Yes, sir. yeah. Wonderful. Um, now, how to gain power over stress? Yeah, uh, know, first of all, where it comes from. Okay. When you can identify it, when you can break it down into smaller pieces, when you can say, you know, because sometimes we use really big categories. We say, my family's causing my stress or my workplace is causing my stress. Yeah. When we use categories that are so big like that, it's really hard for us to figure out what to do about it. Okay. We need yeah. to break it down into smaller pieces. So when my kids were little, I used to say that, you know, I love, first of all, I love, I have two boys, they're now in their 20s, but when they were little and they fought all the time, it drove me crazy, but I love them. So what I would say is, you know, it's not my family, it's when they fight that that drives me crazy. And okay. so it's about breaking it down to its smallest pieces because then I can do something about it. I can start to figure out what am I gonna do? How am I gonna problem solve that particular piece? The other thing that I know is that you need to have energy. You know, stress takes an incredible amount of energy. So I need to make sure, going back to the O, I need to make sure that I'm eating right, that I'm sleeping right, that I'm exercising, that I'm putting good food into my body, that I'm getting away from the sources of my stress so that I have the mental capacity to be able to figure out how to deal with it. And then um, I need to vent. <laughs> For me personally, <laughs> I have to have people in my support circle that I can go, I can't believe they're still doing this, you know, and um, and be able to get it off my chest so that I can get rid of that emotional energy so that I can then problem solve it. So I have to have people in my corner as well. 
Uh, that's wonderful said. And you, you also mentioned in your answer, like, you know, are you eating well and all? So my next question is, what to eat to build resilience when size is a problem or not a problem? What to eat to build the resilience? Yeah, for each person, this is going to be very personal um, because you, you can follow, uh, I mean, for as many people there are, I think there are as many opinions on what to eat or what not to eat. I think eating for energy is going to be really important because if you're in a stressful situation, so I look at this past year, 2021 is going to be all about getting back to the basics. And okay. so if I look, if I take that to stress management and to eating, it's eating for energy so that I have energy to make it through my day, that I have energy to be clear headed. Um, and so for some people, that means getting rid of sugar. You know, yeah. it means cutting back on some of those sweets that for some people, it means cutting back on coffee. Um, you know, the anything that makes you go on this roller coaster of up and down. For some people, that means drinking more water or getting more fruits and vegetables into their diet. And so it really is about looking at, am I eating in a way that leaves me feeling energized, not drained out, not sluggish, not tired and worn out? And then if, if the answer is I feel really good and energized and I'm not kind of using food as a crutch, I'm not using food as a roller coaster, um, I'm not having to look at alcohol and drugs as a way of boosting my energy, then you're probably doing what's required to, to be able to manage your stress that way. Yeah, as you mentioned now, how to manage your stress away. Now, managing when it comes and people think, first of all, oh, I don't have a time. I'm working a lot and this. So the next question is how to master the time pressure when you cannot start stand people? Hmm. I think when we talk about time pressure, we need to be really clear what we mean by that. And so is that self-imposed time pressure? Is that imposed by somebody else? You yeah. know, I work, I've worked for myself for 20 years. I'm the worst boss ever. <laughs> I mean, I'm a boss. I have no employees. I, I am the employee, but I'm the worst <laughs> boss ever because I put all of that pressure onto myself. I add 60 things to my to-do list and wow. then get disappointed or pressured because I didn't get them all done. And so for me, it's sometimes it's sitting back and, and going, you know what? What's the worst thing that's going to happen if I move this to tomorrow? If I move this to next week? Well, I'm not going to be on schedule. Who put that schedule together? I put that okay. schedule together. So Nobody else knows about that schedule. It's different when you're in a workplace. And maybe there are some tight deadlines. But I, I think sometimes we allow deadlines to grow and to become unrealistic. And we need to sit down with our team, with our employer, with our boss and go, okay, we can't get all of these things done today. It's just not realistic, but we can get 50, you know, out of, if, uh, if it's out of 15, maybe we can get 10 of these done today. Maybe sure. we can only get one of these things done today, sure. but we have to be able to have that conversation and negotiate so that then everybody's on the same page and nobody's either disappointed or angry or pointing fingers when things don't get done in the way that people thought they should be done. So we have to address those expectations. Petition and making a note of that, maybe having a, um, the daily journal diary, like a time log thing. I usually keep like time log. If we, I wanted to know whether I'm spending my major time and minor things. So then I do all my majors and minor too as well. well yeah. And that? also <laughs> I think even too around that it's um, because in our head, things don't take nearly as long as we think they're going to do. I'm just going to check my messages and two <laughs> hours goes by and I went, Oh, 
that's not at all what I had planned to do for these last two hours because I got caught up in something that was in my head. I thought it was only going to take a couple of minutes. And so you have to be really realistic about how much time things actually take. So true. Yeah. Non-relevant, like non-relevant things will take major time on that. So doing the major, major, spending the major time on major thing, not on a minor thing. So some people become, they spend major time on minor thing and they, they accomplish nothing at the end of the day and they get frustration and boredom. Now, the next question is um, uh, regarding to the young adults. Now, when they finish their school, colleges and university, they have a big pressure and stress out on them and all. What, what, what suggestion would you give towards the young adults when they finish their education and all their stress of the job or which direction they should go? And we see a lot these days. Yeah, and I have one who in a couple of months I will know. be wrapping up his university. City, yes, <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, he probably will never listen to me, but that's just, that's the being a parent kind of thing. Uh, it's tough. And I look at, you know, the steps that he's taken and, um, you know, there's a lot of choice out there. And I think it's being open to what those choices may be. So some people have a very, you know, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And they have that, you know, 15 step process to get the job of their dreams. And others are, I have no idea what I want to do. And, and so I think it's it's tough when maybe you don't have an idea or even if you do have an idea, because if you do have a, a really structured idea and it doesn't go as planned, you get devastated. True. If you have no idea, you feel lost. And so I think it's 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 again breaking it down into small pieces. So for for my son, one of the things that we've talked about is what's one thing that you can do now that can start you on your job search even though you're in the middle of midterms and you know prepping for your final exams and all of the kind of end of the year projects to wrap up your your, your university time, and so we talked about you know using LinkedIn. Well, yeah. he's in twenties. He's he doesn't know anything about LinkedIn, so it's just you know let's start is because in his mind it's an old people's thing. But I'm like okay, <laughs> but now you have you can make those connections to your teachers and to people in your field. And True. you can start conversations with them by making those connections. Now you don't have to get involved in what's my next step. You can True. just make those connections and then start the next steps when you're done and you're ready and you can think about them. So I think as people prepare it's, and it goes with anything, it's take it, take it one step at a time and then find out the conversations that you need to have. And True. move into those those conversations because that's going to help you with the direction. Definitely, I strongly agree on that. Having a plan and writing down, empty the mind on paper, it really helps. So most of the time, they just juggle in their mind and question and answer. They better like a tennis table, like you know. So empty the mind on paper and write down the priorities. If the most of the time, when I do coaching consulting too with young adults, especially, I said if you don't know your purpose of life, it's okay. What is your purpose? What is your goal for this year? How about mm -hmm. this six months? How about this month? How about this week? So in, in order to say that, as Jim Brown said, you know, the three magic word, if you don't know your goal, say, write it down. And to make the goal work for you, break it down. So, and I think this strategy really works. So if they don't know the life purpose is okay, what this year we can do and writing it down and breaking it down in example. And I think that works. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you know, it's, it's okay not to know what's going to happen. And in fact, none of us know what's going to happen True. a week from now, two years from now, 10 no. years from now, you're going to be on a completely different path. And so 
for my son, for example, I, I looked at, you know, what classes did you really like? True. Which ones True. just you were excited to go about? As excited as a 20-year-old can be, uh, you know, going to class kind of thing, especially virtually at this time when you can't connect with your friends. But, um, you know, those are some of the things that will give you an idea as to the path that you want to follow. So true. They're great. Okay. So how to come, how to overcome fear and stress? And also please explain about what fear is and what stress is and how to overcome. Okay. So fear can, can um, cause stress. That, okay. I mean, that's okay. like a no brainer, but fear is anxiety to the point where it paralyzes. Fear is when you are um, having an anxiety response so that could be where your muscles are tensing, where your mind clouds, where you 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 can't think properly or clearly, uh, and that and again that fear may be based on a thing, it may be like something like as a an animal per se, or or um, you know a dangerous situation like walking you know a, along a cliff, but fear can also be about the unknown, about not uh, about you know what's hap what what's going to happen next. So fear can be part of our imagination as well. Sure. I think the biggest difference is um, what you do next. So many of us have been in situations where we get, uh, where we're afraid, um, where that anxiety overtakes us, but it's the next step that's really important. So how do you move yourself forward? Um, how do you move yourself through that fear? Um, you know, I talked about, you know, speaking in public. And I've had it in a couple of situations in which I was grading for my black belt uh, for wow. karate, wow. where that fear became to the point where actually when I was grading for my black belt, I had a spontaneous nosebleed. Here I am bleeding all over my white gi in the middle of a, you know, a karate grading. And we haven't even started fighting yet. We hadn't even started <laughs> sparring and I'm already, you know, have blood dripping down the front. So, um, but my stress level was so high that, you know, my blood pressure was through the roof. Wow. The next steps were important. The next steps were, okay, how do I gather myself up and continue in spite of that fear? And again, I go back to, it was doing my deep breathing, you know, it was taking care of myself. It was, I can get through this. And even if I fail, at least it'll be over. That was, you know, that was going through my head is I just have to make it through the next couple of hours because then it'll be over. Um, and then, and the other part was I had some really awesome people around me who were cheering uh -huh. me on, who wanted me to succeed. And, you know, the people that were grading me wanted me to succeed. And I just had to really hold on to that. Um, there was no guarantees that I was going to to pass or succeed. Um, but I had to hold on to the fact that they were not there to hurt me. They were there to help me. Wow, wonderful. And when you say this support, when they, they wanted you to succeed and to be the best and all, and I think that's love. My, mm -hmm. my next question is related to that. According to you, and you have dealt with so many hundreds and thousands of people and you heal them, what is the power of unconditional love? Ah, well, first of all, thank you. I don't know if I've healed them. I hope I've helped people take that next step, whatever that next step is in, uh, in their journey. Um, I, uh, you know, um, again, I forgot the question. Oh, that's no, okay. What's, what's the power of unconditional love? Now, a lot of time people will love for the sake because of the image or power or uh, reputation and all, but there are people genuine 
on planet Earth. That's why the Earth is still stable. Unconditional love. So what is the power of unconditional love? Because when you were going through karate and all, people were supporting you unconditionally. It's not that you're going to give the black belt and credit to them. So that was unconditional support or can be love. So what do yeah. you think about that? It's absolutely key when it comes to resiliency. You know, if we look at uh, the Robertson Cooper model around resiliency, we talk about adaptability, we talk about purpose. Um, but the fourth one for that is is support and connection. Yeah. And so it's absolutely important. Um, unconditional, unconditional is a really funny word. Okay. You know, some people say, so some people say, you know, um, that you know, um, children give unconditional love. And I laugh at that because it is the most conditional love that you can find on the surface, right? You know, if you do one thing wrong, they hate you. You know, they tell you, you're not my friend anymore. That was my, the biggest thing. You know, you're not my friend. No, I'm your mom. You know, it was, <laughs> it's really different. So it is, it's conditional. And I think it was conditional on whether the sun was shining or the wind was blowing the wrong way. It was, it, but deep down, when when push comes to shove they want you right like they are connected to you and and so um knowing that you have support yes and and so whether you call it love or support or connection knowing that you have and that there's something bigger than yourself that's what gets you through oh, and it, the people around us provide that beacon of hope hope is is such a, a an integral part of how we live our life and and how we live a healthy life and how even around happiness hope is is that belief that that we can make it through to the other side or, or we can make we can take that next step the people around us give us that hope they shine that beacon they may not know the path any more than we, we know the path but they have that belief that we can take that next step and sometimes it's that sense of somebody else believing that you can take that next step that allows you to take that next step it helps you to be able to take the next step. Next step, yeah, so true. And since childhood, my mom passed away when I was very young, like three year old, and then my stepmom and my dad, and it, my all parents, uh, like they are in heaven now. But that, what you just said, hope. I was having hope on the universe, on God, and I was hoping, having a strong hope on myself that I can do it. I've done in past. I can do it now, and I can do it in future too. And the biggest hero in my life is me, myself, and my intelligence, but not bragging about it because none of the support, when you said none of the support was around me and I was lacking that, but then I kept, I did not lose that hope in the universe and in myself. And I think that my self-esteem has got me where I am today. And I also, I take full credit of my errors and mistakes and adversity. And I also take full credit of my success and my achievements too as well. So I don't blame the government. I didn't blame my my parents passed away. I didn't blame my parents, my neighbors and society and country. No, I don't blame nobody. I just take full responsibility of myself where I am today. It's just organic what I did. And I'm very content and happy with that, with that support and hope. So true. Yeah, you know, for all of us, it's, it's, it is, we make the choice uh, regardless of the circumstances around us. Uh, and so it is believing that you have skills. It's believing that you have strength. It's believing that um, even even if it's not a spiritual, religious belief, but just believing that you have a purpose of some sort that you can bring something to the world, that will help you to take that next step. Lovely. Okay. So um, 
what is the foundation of a happy lifestyle? Now, this is, can be a summarized. Then we, we talked about the problems, the issues from employee to employer and relationship and young adults and, and, and woman empowerment. Now, give us a very profound and one of your key secret golden nuggets to it. What's the foundation of a happy lifestyle? Doing more of what you love and less of what you loathe. Wow. That's very powerful. You, know, it, you can't get rid of all of the things that, I mean, hey, we, if running your own business, you, you, you know, I run it I, and I love, like I said, even when I talk about my family, I love my business, 95% uh, of it. There's 5% of it that I don't like, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, doing that thing. So um, you can't get rid of those, those things that are not fun. <clears throat> They're going to be there, but it's by balancing it with those things that give you passion, that make you smile, that are, are, are experiences that jazz you up. So the more, you know, you want to have more on the, the, the love side and less on the low side. And I think that's where happiness is. Wow. Wonderful. What, what a brilliant answer. Okay. So we will go to our second round. And this is one of my favorite and my audience also love this round. So this round called Make the World Happy Round. So your short and sweet answer will be most welcome. So I hope I'm not going to ask you more lengthy questions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vivali. So... First, how to shift emotional gears? How to shift emotional gears? Uh, for me, it's, it's finding uh, either a picture or a memory that made me happy. So I have a what I call my humor first aid kit. Um, it's a series of pictures that just as soon as I see them, it makes me smile. And that can put me into a different mindset. So some of them are of my pets, some of them are of my family, especially when my boys were little. Those are some of the things that just switch that flip that switch for me and put me into the, a different mindset. I agree, strongly agree that one of my friend and her father was in an emergency and is about to leave the planet Earth. And then it was a critical situation. And what did I did? I made a scrapbook of happy and laughter people and the jokes. And during his day, and I gave the gift to him and he was so happy. And um, miraculously, he he did not leave the world for another two weeks. And they were telling me, what did you do? I said, I gave a scrapbook of all the funniest people pictures and the jokes in that and I still keep with me and whenever I feel down I shift my gear and I will look at all the happy pictures or comedy serials or something comic I do that that's so true okay Absolutely. next what makes you happier the intelligent part or the emotional part of your life oh wow hmm I don't know if I can choose I love you can choose both <laughs> If you yeah. are, or you can do you something else. You're the boss. I, I'm the boss. Yeah. You know what? I love the creative aspect, especially in my business of, of thinking things through and putting things together and coming up with something that's just mine, that's unique and, and thinking in a way that's kind of different. But I also love the experiences. And so um, I'd say both. Both. Okay. All right. We'll note down that both. And so your beloved will come to know today. <laughs> okay. Next. Who is the true teacher, the failure or the success? Oh, uh, you know, I'd love to say it's the success, but it's absolutely the failure that for me, um, that, that drives me to change and to, to do things differently, to, to continue trying to move forward. So yeah, I'd have to go with the failure side. Okay. All right. So, so what comes first, the thought, feeling, or action? 
thought, feeling, or action. Yeah, oh, I'd say the feeling because the feeling has led me to either be excited or to be discomfort, like, to be uncomfortable. That leads me, leads me, I think, then to the thought and then to the action. Okay, wonderful. Uh, you have to choose only one from money, time, love, or sex. Or sex. Hmm. Yes. Well, I know which one my husband would want me to choose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you won't be angry now with that. You'll say, happy. What kind of question are you asking my wife? <laughs> I know. Uh, you know what? It would have to be love. Love. Yeah, I strongly agree. <laughs> I wife for that. Yes, <laughs> I'll go with that. Okay. One word or sentence which will bring more joy and love to a relationship. Huh. experiences experiences i agree this this, yeah. this this wonderful life on planet mother earth is the experiences what we gonna take away that's it strongly agree on that okay next as is a woman's day something related to that never say that specific word or sentence when a woman is angry <laughs> calm down <laughs> calm down <laughs> okay men out there be careful. That's a golden nugget. Never say a woman, calm down. That's a I love there was, a, there, was, there was something on a, I, one of my social medias that said, never in the world of telling somebody to calm down has that ever worked. So yes, okay. do not tell somebody to calm down. Calm down. I will take that note as well. <laughs> okay. So next, um, how to control the thoughts? Oh, how to control your thoughts. Uh, be aware of them first. I think we get stuck in these loops. And yeah. so be aware when you get caught into that loop. And so if you're, if you're mindful, so using mindfulness can bring you into the moment okay. and then help to stop those thoughts. So being aware of the present moment. So you're not drifting in past and or maybe future. Wonderful. Yeah. So how to, stand, how to handle a stressful situation? Uh, break it down into parts and go back to the SOS principle. What are you going to do yeah. about it? How are you yes. going to take care of yourself? Who's there to support you? SOS. I love it. I'm a very great fan of that. <laughs> great. Now, next, what is the joy of stress? Now, people get afraid. Oh, stress is something like, you know, it's something wrong with the body, mind and soul. Now, what, what is the other side of the coin? What is the joy of stress? Absolutely. There's creativity. Um, there is uh, the ability to problem solve. There's mm -hmm. hope. There's all kinds of things because you're moving forward because of that stress. So absolutely, all kinds of wonderful things. Creative, really. Love it. Yeah. So how to reclaim the energy and romance? How to reclaim the energy and romance. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go back to experiences and communication. So can you do something together? And can you start actually talking to and with the person, not at the person. I love that too. Not the person, not at the person. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, what is the best advice you have ever received? Oh, let's see. You've got this. You got this. You've okay. got this. I've, it's been told to me in a number of situations and that in and of itself gives me the power to take the next step. Wonderful. Now, next, what is the worst advice you have ever received? 
I'm going to go back to calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I take that. <laughs> if I'm angry or if I'm frustrated or if I am, you know, venting, uh, yeah. telling me to calm down is not going to help me to move forward. Okay. I agree with what you're trying to say. Okay. In business, do you believe in safety or risk? Both. Um, I believe that, and again, for myself, I tend to go uh, balanced uh, as to, I like to try new things. I like to push the limit a little bit, but I also want to make sure that my family's taken care of, that the basics are there. So yeah, both both wonderful what mother earth means to you hmm. Ah, hmm. adventure and comfort comfort i love that mm -hmm. adventure and comfort yeah oh, yeah and for me it's a it's a vacation on a planet earth to serve others and serve ourselves and enjoy the journey and enjoy the journey yeah. Yeah. I like enjoy the journey. journey. It's going to be a tough journey. I, yeah. I, I don't ever want anybody to think that it's an easy journey. It, it's never going to be an easy journey, but it is a journey and there's yeah. going to yeah. be good moments in it as well. What is, what is the journey if somebody lived not a tough life for hundred years and never seen adventurous and a person who lived just only for 30, 40 years and have seen the most adventures of life. If it mm -hmm. is not a tough, somebody can stay in a room for the next hundred years. Then what's the joy of that? The tough Absolutely. life teaches us and shows us the inner potential that what we are capable of. And also, that, as said, that human mind is the only unexplored continent on planet Earth, which is unexplored. So yeah. if we take tough journey, we can explore our minds. What is the best prescription for romantic and happy lifestyle? Best prescription. <sighs> Do something that pushes the boundaries, but pushes the boundaries for both of you that still has that element of um, connectedness to it. So you're, you're doing it together. So it's not pushing the boundaries for one or the other where one's afraid and one's not. And there's no kind of connection piece. There has to be a connection piece. So whether it's an adventure, whether it's a movie, it's sitting, it could be a date night sitting and watching, you know, a movie together where you're both enjoying that movie. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. That's great. Next. Now imagine if God makes you a man for a day, what will you do <laughs> more of or less of? Huh. I, ha I have no idea. <laughs> God made me a man for a day. What will you do more of and less of? I have no idea. That is such a great question. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. I, 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 I don't know what I would, you know, I would, I, I guess I would want to see if parenting is different okay. from, a, from a man. Yeah. I want to see if it's different to be a parent from yeah. a man's perspective perspective than from yeah. a woman's perspective. Now, this is very permanent, what he just said. It's very profound. So see a parenting. I mean, I, this is very uh, inspiring and admirable, I want to say. Thank Thanks. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. Um, what is more important, personal development or professional development? Oh. I'm going to go with the 
the personal development. Personal. Yeah. Because I mean, my personal development leads me into what do I need to do next in my business. So yeah. Personal development. Yeah. I strongly agree. That's the backbone of the any any achievements on on planet or for the human. Yeah. Okay. Next, what kind of sound or voice you love to listen? Oh, that one's easy. Anything to do with water. Um, so the sound I, I have, uh, where I live, I have a, a, about a one acre pond. I love to hear the sounds from the water kind of lapping and running and frogs and birds and everything that's around that pond. So, um, yeah, water. Okay, great. Next, if you would be born again, which you will, I believe for sure, what profession would you like to choose? Huh? I don't know. I would want to choose. Hmm. You're the boss. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. Okay. I would, so. I, I would, uh, Any I other think I would, Mm -hmm. I would like to do something that was like physical. Maybe. Physical. Okay. All right. Yeah. So whether it was a dancer or. So dancer, that's the first one. The heart voice says dancer. That, yeah. Like something that just moves your body in like right. a really graceful way. Cause I, 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 I speak, but I'd like to do something maybe different with my body in some sort Great. of way. Yeah. I don't All know. All right. We'll take it as a dancer. Okay. <laughs> Next. Now you're one of the genius in line of your field. What, is your favorite book name? I know you must be reading hundreds of books. So what's your favorite book name? The one that I'm doing. Oh. Hmm. The one that I'm reading right now is, is the five dysfunctions of a team. Okay. That's good. But yeah, okay. there's so many great books out there. You know, some of them are inspirational. Uh, one for me was raising the spirited child. Um, you know, that for me as a parent was a, was a really good book as well. Yeah, there's so many good ones out there. Lovely. So, can, Beverly, can you quickly tell us about your, the name of your book, what you have written? You're an uh, author too. <laughs> my, so my book is uh, Stressed Out, uh, 52 Weeks to Letting More Life In. Um, and it's, it's a funny book because it's not a compilation book. It's not, you know, this deep, deep thinking book. I call it a bathroom book. Oh, wow. Because I have, um, I have three already sitting there. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's three pages for each chapter, 52 weeks based yeah. on mental health weeks, days and, and months, kind of different celebrations. Um, and so it's, you know, what is it about? What is some, you know, some quote around it and then some tips and strategies to help move you forward. So Lovely. you can pick it up and start anywhere in the book. Um, you don't have to read it from, you know, page one to page whatever you can you can pick it up wherever. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bathroom book and it's fun and it's just tips and hints around uh, okay. being more resilient. Being more resilient. Next quick one. So what is your prediction for 2022? 2022 is going to be again, 2021. It's about getting back to the basics, basics in our businesses, basics in the way that we take care of ourselves, basics in our, <laughs> in our connections. And I think 2022 is going to be around growth. Girl, how do okay. we, you know, how do we develop ourselves? How do we develop our businesses? How do we, uh, how do we take better care of our relationships? Girl. 
Excellent. I love that. Thriving, flourishing. Lovely. Next one is related to that. What is your prediction of the world in 3020, 100 years from now? Uh, I what, hope what that you can see from your eyes of your mind. I would hope that we figured just some of the basics out of how to get along, how to treat each other with respect, how to allow people to, to flourish. <clears throat> yes, um, I strongly agree. You know yeah. what? The greatest ever education and skill, I, I, I think none of the school, college, university can teach us how to get, get along with people. It's the greatest skill ever we can learn. Getting it along is. with others. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Next. So, um, now, this is something where, <laughs> imagine, if you would be the host of this show, what question, and I would be the guest of this show, what question would you ask me? Hmm. I would probably want to know more about how you thrived even after losing your mom. Oh, that's a wonderful question, and it's very touchy, and I want to give you the best uh, answer of my intelligence emotionally and intellectually I will say one of the I thrive because my mom gave me my nickname happy and um, and that name has kept me to wake up every day instead of frustration or or, or confident I always choose confident and to thrive that name I always say it is the greatest insult of my intelligence if I'm unhappy so that keeps me thriving and flourishing and what a great goal too, right? It's, yeah. um, you know, it's intrinsic. There's a goal set to it to be, to live up to that name, right? Name, and it is, that's what I said. It's the greatest insult of my intelligence if I'm unhappy and I cannot, uh, cannot promote and produce to myself to be happy and to, to weigh the way my name is reflecting that. Okay, next. Um, what is your favorite word or a quote? My favorite word. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. And, and, and I'm going to, I want to explain <laughs> that uh, because for me, I taught my kids to look for the awesome when we would be driving or when we'd be out walking or we'd be out, you know, in the, in our, in the, the bush around us, it was to look for things that were cool. It was to look for the awesome. awesome. And uh, I think we get so busy. Sometimes we forget to look for the awesome things that are happening around us. I love that. Be awesome. And everyone is awesome just to find your awesomeness inside you. It's, it's you have, all you have greatness inside you. Now, my last question of the show is, um, what is your message to these beautiful people of the world? Oh, be the beacon of hope for somebody. You know, Please say it again. Be the beacon of hope for somebody, you know, just yeah. shine that light for them so that they, even in the midst of the darkness, Desmond Tutu says, even in the darkness, we can find the light. And so uh, be that beacon for somebody, shine that light so that they can see how to take that next step. So great. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Beverly, for your wonderful and precious time. And you share your wonderful thoughts, ideas, and story, which is very remarkable, inspiring, and empowering on this International Women's Day twenty. 21. And I hope uh, all the audience have got the best um, key answers, nuggets and strategies. And I want to say thanks to the wonderful audience who have supported me and us. And I have come so far because of all your blessing and support. Till Until next Sunday, we have a very special guest, guest coming up. And do not forget to see the eight best happiness secrets of Beverly after this show will be edited. And until then, thanks so much.
and this is a happy conversation and idea show where you can witness thoughts ideas and stories of happiest people for everyone awesome thank you thank so you. so much thank you thanks beverly Thank you.